and welcome to the Hypothetical RL Podcast. My name's David, I'm your host, and let's have some fun with history. So this podcast is all about hypothetical events in the history of rugby league. Uh, I just wanted to say thank you to everyone for, for listening, and um, I'm going to stick with this, and hopefully everyone enjoys listening to it, and if, if you don't, I'll just talk to myself for 15, 20 minutes. Uh, I just wanted to give a bit of a prologue on this episode. It's a uh, it's an event from pretty far in the past. We're talking about very early in rugby league in Australia, and it's something that obviously a lot of guys have covered, a lot of things, a lot of books and other things have covered this before. It's a topic that I'm not going to be able to give you complete history on, and I'm not going to be able to give you too much more insight. But I did find some fairly interesting things that I thought that I hadn't really heard before. Um, I'm not sure how much fact there is in them, but obviously, you know, there's. It's some evidence there that some unusual things kind of happened. Uh, and it's something that involves the f- pretty much the federation of the sport, if you want to call it that, the, the real founding of it. Um, so I just wanted to sort of say, hopefully you enjoy it. And if obviously, you know, I don't quite get the events right, then, you know, that's, that's all fine. Because we're not really in it for just pure history. We're in it to have a bit of fun with what the history was. So... Even if we don't quite get it right, we're at least going to have a bit of fun and, and say, look, you know, what do we think might have happened and how that's going to affect things. Uh, also, just wanted to put a bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, thing out there to say that, look, um, I've got to apologise to every team that I've done an episode on at this point because it seems like every time I do an episode on a team, they go very badly afterwards. So a lot of them are not doing too well. Um, Illawarra, with the Illawarra side of St George Illawarra, have not won a game since. Um, when I did the episode on Newtown, they feed a club for, for the Sharks, and the Sharks lost that week. Um, and I did Brisbane, and I did Brisbane right before they had those two very bad losses. And obviously, you know, at the time of taping this, it's uh, last night they lost again to Manly, so they haven't won a game since. And um, it seems to be I'm a bit of a hex on teams, so I really apologise to every team I've I do from now on if that's the case. Uh, if it would be in the reverse, if uh, every team I talk about started winning, then uh, you'd be prepared for 24 episodes of Parramatta, Parramatta hypotheticals. But um, at this point, they I'm doing the wrong thing, so you're not going to hear anything about Parramatta for uh, the rest of this season, I assume. Uh, so anyway, just uh, relax and listen and. Hopefully you enjoy this episode. So let's get to what we're doing for this week. Just a quick apology. I was a little bit loud just then and my levels were really bad. So sorry if that intro was a little bit muffled and weird, but uh, the episode should be okay. All right. Thanks, guys. The event occurred on the 14th of September 1909. Well, the event that should have occurred was on the 14th of September 1909. Bowman was scheduled to play South Sydney in the final of the New South Wales Rugby Football League. As the minor premiers, if had South Sydney won this game, they would have been declared the 1909 premiers. Bowman would have had to have won this game on September the 14th and would then have to win a follow-up game, a grand final, to be declared as the premiers. As we know, this game never occurred. Balmain failed to turn up to the game and forfeited. The event that actually occurred is quite farcical, I believe. 
South Sydney lined up, put the ball down, kicked off, and then promptly picked up the ball, ran in, scored a try. The game was then called a forfeit, and the referee blew full time. I what I I've seen this happen in real life before in a juniors game where one team doesn't turn up and they they kick off. I don't know why you bother to kick off. It's kind of ludicrous, and I kind of want to know what would happen in the rules if you kick off and the ball doesn't go 10 metres or the ball goes out in the fall or something happens, the team knocks the ball on as they go to pick the ball up. Um, how are you going to restart this game because there's no other team? Are they? Is it still called a forfeit? Do you just kick the ball out? Um, I'd really like to know because it's quite ridiculous to have a team line up. Uh, I suppose that's in case at the 11th hour the other team decides to run on the field. Uh, they kick off at the kick-off time and then that's the conclusion of the game. But I find that a little bit strange. Uh, anyway, getting beyond that, I'd like to actually get into the history of this. So I think to fully understand the events that happened on the 14th of September 1909, we need to go back in history and rewind. Even from the times of Balmain and South Sea being part of the Rugby Union Club in the Metropolitan Cup, there had been issues between, well, a divide between the haves and have-nots that the South Sydney and Eastern Suburbs Rugby Clubs as against the Balmain and North Sydney Rugby Clubs had been given a lot of advantages and that Balmain had always been the, the little brother, the, the team that had been treated not as well by the administration. Uh, so much so that when the uh, Rugby League was looking to kick off in 1908 and that clubs were defecting to Rugby League, I don't like the word defecting, but clubs were choosing the Rugby League, that most of the Balmain Rugby Union officials and players had actually come across. Most of the other teams that you're looking at in the league had had about a 50-50 uh, transfer between the Rugby Union and the Rugby League clubs, and that the Balmain had been really keen to get out from under the shadow of South and East. South Sydney were a very strong Rugby League team, they had been, well I'm not sure about Rugby Union, I don't want to bother about searching about Rugby Union memberships, but imagine it had been successful in that way too. The South Sydney Rugby League team had won the first, the inaugural 1908 competition, and they were minor premiers in 1909, having only lost one game, which was to Newcastle, not the Knights, the original Newcastle, in the final uh, round of the premiership, and had easily taken care of their rivals in the semi-final which was the aforementioned Newcastle team. This was the last season for Newcastle as well which is a bit of a shame. They decided to go back and start their own competition. Anyway let's not talk about Newcastle because that's not important for this one. Uh, what we really need to know is that South Sydney was a powerhouse team and that they and Eastern Suburbs had dominated in the Rugby Union Metropolitan Cup, Metropolitan Premierships as you want to call it and that the, the power in that competition was with them, and North Sydney and Balmain had been treated quite badly, they thought, uh, by certain events that had happened within the establishment of that rugby union. Parallel to all this, there was also the issue of the New South Wales Rugby Football League's finances, which were in not in a great state, and that by the start of the 1909 season, they have major, major issues, 
and the founding fathers, James Gilton, Victor Trumper and Harry Hoyle, had all lost their positions within the league. The rugby league was looking for a way to make money. An opportunity arose when a group of Wallabies players, rugby union players, had decided to join the rugby league. James Joyton Smith had proposed three-match Wallabies versus Kangaroos series, but unfortunately those matches did not earn enough gate takings to fully cover his costs or those of the New South Wales Rugby League. So a fourth game was arranged. In order for the fourth game to attract enough gate takings, it was proposed by the Rugby League and Mr Joyton Smith that they would play the game after the final of the New South 1909 New South Wales Rugby League Premiership. This is the game on the 14th September 1909, which is the subject of this podcast. The main reason given for Balmain not turning up for the 1909 final on the 14th September was as a protest, that they thought that the fact that they were playing before as a curtain raiser to a Kangaroos versus Wallabies game was detracting from the importance of the game and that they were making a stand. It's often talked about in the history that Balmain and South had agreed to actually both turn not turn up for this game and that South had gone back on their promise. It seems that in a little bit of research that I've done is that there's other things afoot here is that we need to talk about a person called Alexander Knox who was a member of North Sydney Rugby League Club we need to go back to think about what we were talking about before with Balmain and North's feeling like that they were the little brothers to South and East. It seems that Mr Knox had convinced the Balmain board and the Balmain players that it was an actual, it was a front that they were doing this and that because of the New South Wales Rugby League's dire financial position that this was a perfect time to strike and that what they could do is they could bankrupt the game. Their idea was that they would not play this final. The gate takings would be atrocious, that no one would turn up and people would not turn up to see the Wallabies kangaroos. It would then be a case for them that they could reform a rival rugby league. So we're talking about the second year of rugby league, a what they rugby union like to call a rebel competition, trying to create a rebel competition within the rebel competition. So it seems like rugby league has always been cutting itself off and that no matter how what part of the history you look at, there's always someone conspiring and trying to do something in the background. Basically, the position of Alexander Knox was he was involved in the New South Wales Rugby League and under his stewardship, he had convinced the clubs to forego their gate receipts for their matches and hand it all over to the league just to try and help out. Uh, it became apparent to him that the only club that was attracting reasonable crowds was Balmain at Birchgrove Oval. So he scheduled Balmain to have all of their matches at Birchgrove's Oval, which gave them a home ground advantage, which gave them an advantage in every round that they played, and, well, in a way, sort of secured that they would be one of the top teams for 1909. So it feels like, at that point, Knox knows that he's loyal to North Sydney, and he also knows that Balmain is someone who can attract big crowds, and that if North Sydney and Balmain could start up their own league and attract and bring only teams that would attract larger crowds that they could dispense with the old enemies the old enemy south and east and that they could go forward. And now we interrupt this podcast for a message from our sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Verbal Contracts. Verbal Contracts, not worth the paper they're not written on.
So with all of that in mind, let's go forward to September the 14th, 1909, and let's think about what would have happened should Balmain had turned up to play the game and what may have occurred beyond September 1909. So the plan by North and Balmain never occurs. Balmain turns up to play South Sydney. So as we said before, South Sydney were a powerhouse. They'd only lost one game all season to Newcastle. They then defeated Newcastle 20-0 in their final and came up against Balmain. It was pretty unlikely that Balmain, if they turned up, were going to win this game. So the way that it used to work in the New South Wales rugby league at the time was there was a final, and if the minor premiers were unsuccessful in that final, if they'd been eliminated at any point in the final series before that, but they would have a right to challenge, and that South Sydney being the minor premiers would have that right. That is when you would get a grand final. So if South Sydney had lost that first game, they would still have a second game to play, and they would then play Balmain again. So Balmain would have to beat South on two occasions. It's very unlikely they would do that. South Sydney had, like I said, only lost one game all year, and it was very unlikely Balmain could beat them, especially them playing at the showgrounds. Therefore, I think it's very unlikely that we would have a change in Premiers in 1909. I don't think it would affect any of the other Premierships beyond 1909. And the premiership tally for all these teams evolved would not change. There's one thing that may have changed. So at the first New South Wales Rugby League meeting in 1910, North's Alexander Knox was banned from Rugby League for life. And obviously that's involved with what he was trying to conspire. Uh, I wonder whether if they had not had this happened in 1909, if Bowman had just turned up and played the game, whether he still would have been involved in the New South Wales Rugby League, and whether he would have tried again. He may have tried to have a boycott, he might have tried to cripple the Rugby League in some other way. Uh, he obviously would have known that Bowman was not a partner anymore, they had not followed what he had asked them to do, so it's very likely he still would have been found out and still would have, you know basically been stopped from doing anything but he could have really done some damage to the game it was a fledgling competition it was something that needed all the support of all the backing members and you know we can't really tell what he might have done uh, so i hope that you've enjoyed this episode it's a it's a tough one to do because it's so far in the past and it's a lot of history there it's not really going to make a lot of effect on today's game unless they had bankrupt the game and that would have had a huge effect but uh, it's one of those things where I've done do my best, but there's a lot of other podcasts and a lot of other historians and books who have talked about 1909, and I encourage you to probably listen to them and or read their books and things. And um, I hope that you have enjoyed my take on everything. And you know, basically, we can eliminate part of Balmain and South Sydney's feud, and that's about all we pretty much do. Anyway. Thank you very much and goodbye.